You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Mission Lab. Thanks for tuning in as you do, hopefully from week to week. I am once again here alone uh, without Camille doing an interview. We have a special guest today and I'm in Florida right now. And that means that I've been down here with my sister and her husband and also been able to spend some time as we do when we come down here from year to year with my sister's mother-in-law. And uh, I'm really excited to have her on the show because she has a little different perspective on life than maybe some of you and myself. And so her name is Elaine Gregory. And you're going to notice I love interviewing people with accents because Mm -hmm. Elaine, where are you from? I'm from England. All right, England, where Bristol, right? Bristol Specifically, yeah. Southwest. But you've lived here in the U.S. for a number of years, haven't you? I came over in 1964 when I was 18. Okay, so you're just out there with your age. You're just letting everyone know yeah. how old you are. Yeah, no okay, no, nope. okay, that's good. When we interviewed my mother, she slipped and and kind of did some uh, 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 calculations with her age, and so she didn't want people to know. But it got out there. So, anyway, so Elaine is somebody that I've loved to chat with whenever we're down here in Florida because, Elaine, you are religiously an... Atheist. Atheist, all right. So um, my sister and her husband are Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Um, Elaine's husband, Ron, is a Christian, may may not attend a ton of church at this point, but, uh, but you're an atheist. And so... I've loved chatting with you about about your journey, and so I just, as we begin, tell me a little bit about your background and your childhood and how you arrived at your atheism, because I believe your family growing up, you were a church attendee they, occasionally? They were. My family, some of them, attended church. Um, I, as a child, went to any church my mother chose, which was synagogue, temple, um, a Methodist church, Church of England quite a bit. She wanted me to be exposed to all kinds of religions because she felt very strongly that if I understood religion, I would understand how people thought and how they lived. And it would make me a better survivor in the world. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and also my education in British schools at the time, they had a course called Divinity. Hmm. Religion was taught in the public schools, Mm -hmm. but not a set religion or religions. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a very factual course so that we could compare and contrast what religions were out there. Hmm. So it helped with um, comprehension of, of history of uh, where people came from, why they were the way they were. And it also showed me uh, in those contradictions why there was, and I I caught on to this fairly young, why there was so much conflict, Mm -hmm. is that people tend to not be willing to accept others 
based on religion or politics or whatever it might be. And I, I learned that very young. Um, another thing I think made a difference for me in, in becoming an atheist too is accepting the fact of death very young. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the concept of heaven and hell is great to keep people in line, <laughs> to say, you know, if you do that, you're going to go to hell. Um, so you shouldn't do those bad things. And you have to do all good things so that you can go to heaven. Um, but I've known some people co- that could go either way. <laughs> and so it didn't make much sense. And I watched my grandfather when I was 10. He died of lung cancer. And I was his favorite, and he wanted me there. And when I watched him as he coughed and died, um, the concept of death suddenly became very real to me. And I thought, I saw heaven as being a way that we as human beings accepted death. Death death is scary to people. And so thinking that there's a heaven there that might be a better way, a better life, helps them get through this life. And I thought it was such a waste. Mm this life is cool it's awesome there's a lot of pain in it but you've got to do that to appreciate um the moments that you you love someone as much as your heart may get broken the moment that you're hurting for whatever reason and and some a friend helps you through it there's always this balance in life and i think to to think there's something better is a waste of this life Mm. And so that's what I've always thought. And I've been, uh, I've never been, I I'm, took my children to the Methodist Church Sunday School. So I thought, well, give them some exposure, which they had. They've all made their own choices. Um, I've got two atheists. I've got a Catholic. I've got an SDA and another one still trying to figure it out. But that's all okay. Um One thing I don't think any of them do is judge other people. It's okay for other people to believe different things. That's all I want them. Mm -hmm. Don't judge people for what they think or what they believe. They have a right to that. And if it's what helps them get through this world in their way, go for it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm okay with the leaves, the trees, and the grass. (laughs) (laughs) Good way. Yeah. Good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and a good cup of tea at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so it wasn't that your mother was necessarily a devout Christian. She just wanted to expose you to different she ideas. Did. She yeah. did. She did. And I lived with two aunts for a short while, and they were Congregationalists. And had always gone to church on Sundays, and I went with them because I was there. And I was in the youth group. And I did it more for the socialization and the fun and the trips and the whole thing. Um, Was not a religious participant in the group at all. And in fact, went to a retreat where a few of them, and very impressionable teenagers, 13, 14, 15, um, with the right speaker, they, they listened to the speaker, they listened to the talk, they listened to the sermon, and went into this strange thing, said, oh, we found Jesus. And I found that so, it bothered me. Mm -hmm. It bothered me. That's Mm -hmm. not the way it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you mean by that? Well, it was, they did it. And then those of us who didn't do that 
were suddenly ostracized. Mm. That bothered me. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. was hypocritical to me. And I thought, mm -hmm. if you're speaking that you're now a Christian, then you should have some Christian behavior. Mm. And that was not what I saw as Christian behavior. That's why I don't judge, because I think Christianity as a whole, and there are some bad eggs in every game, but I think Christianity as a whole brings some very good things to the world. Mm -hmm. And it actually gives some people who are on the wrong path a good path to choose. Mm -hmm. It's just another path to choose mm -hmm. and uh, to make people's lives right. And so whatever you choose, mm -hmm. as long as you work. I, I just believe that as you, if whatever you do in this world, and I don't care who you are and what you do, don't hurt other people. Mm -hmm. And if you live by that mantra, it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so what else do you have? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think when I, when I, cause occasionally we have these interviews with people who aren't necessarily on the, uh, Orthodox Christian path right. and I'll get, um, people writing in and they'll say, Hey, if you just, maybe you could offer this suggestion to that person or whatever. And some might say, well, there has to be some, uh, emotional experience when they were younger that, you know, turned them in that direction. You know, we psychoanalyze people, you know, yeah, maybe there is some deep uh, pain that resulted from a church experience or whatever, but right. that, that's not necessarily been your experience. No, I, I would say there've been multiple experiences. Mm. I can't point to any particular one. Um, when, it, I mean, it was in the fifties when my mother divorced my stepfather and, um, she was ostracized. It was really, and that annoyed me, and that made me move. Even though I was not in the church, it it was, to use the term, another nail in the coffin, basically, mm -hmm. because, again, it was more hypocrisy. It was mm -hmm. more, this is a good person. Why do you have to treat them that way? Because they made a mistake in their life. Mm -hmm. We all make mistakes, and some of them worse than others. Um, and I think you you just... You just forgive that in people. If they sort it out, let them sort it out. Um, but, but yeah, so there have been... Watching my grandfather was one. Mm -hmm. that, that kind of brought me to the point of that. I worked in a pathology department when I was 16 in a high school biology program. And I, I stayed in there while the autopsies were done. I helped weigh the liver and the kidneys and everything else that came out of the human body. And it gives you a different feeling mm -hmm. about who we are. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're fantastic bits of machinery. Mm -hmm. We're unbelievable bits of machinery. And, uh, and I appreciate that. Every tendon, every muscle, we're amazing. But I just, I can't believe in creation. Mm -hmm. I cannot. It's, it's, it goes beyond that. And... I, I'm a strict believer in evolution, but I also see evolution as being something that is also part of all parts of life. Mm -hmm. Religion is evolutionary. Mm -hmm. And if you think about how it was a thousand years ago uh, and then 500 years ago, people then would not recognize today's religion mm -hmm. because it's morphed, it changes with the times. So... The message of religion, in all religions, whatever their message is, whatever their creed is, doesn't necessarily change, but how they practice it does. And uh, so I think religion is great mm -hmm. because it, it helps some people and it keeps some people focused that can't find a focus elsewhere. Um, but it's not for me. Mm -hmm. It's just not for me. Yeah. 
So, um, so some people might say, again, I'm playing, you know, the devil's advocate Please. here. Uh, you know, some people might say, well, Elaine, don't you think about the big questions of why are we here and what happens after I die and, you know, where did we come from and how did this whole thing start? But, you know, your evolutionary paradigm is kind of, has kind of satisfied you in those regards. And when, when you die, you're just, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I think I, because I cannot, I'm too much of a realist to think. I have a wild imagination and I can come up with great stories and great imaginary things, but to believe that there's something after death, no, I, I don't know. I've never seen any facts mm-hmm. of that. And if I oh, show me a fact, mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll talk to you, but I don't see that. Um, I just think that uh, all the things that, that religion has come up with to answer what's after death is just to make people more comfortable with death. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with there being nothing. Um, I like my life now and I try to do in it um, what's right. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. I've accepted the fact this is it. Mm-hmm. So make the most of it. Mm-hmm. And probably the biggest fear I have of death isn't for death. It's if I go first, what about my poor husband? I worry about the people left behind mm-hmm. because death to me is the end of it. But for those, it then comes the grief. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part mm-hmm. of death. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some people say death is not the concern. It's the dying that's the concern too. Yeah. Like you don't want to yeah. be on a, right. you know, on a... Uh, Life support for... I do you know. not. Yeah. <laughs> I do not. And I've already said that. You know, if, if I'm ever in that position, I've already done a living will. I do mm-hmm. not want any mm-hmm. tubes in my body. Do not force feed me. It, it's a natural thing. Bring it to an end. And if I'm, if I'm at a point that we can't do that, I, I've told my husband, leave the pills on the night table, go to the grocery store, and when you come back, <laughs> be prepared. So I'm, because I just don't see agonizing death. Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. it, you know the saying, they shoot horses, don't they? I mean, it's a very humane thing to do. And I think that to, to watch some people suffer terribly knowing that there's no no other recourse why do we do that as Mm. human beings to me it just doesn't seem right Mm. yeah so the other day i asked you a question and you didn't really take the bait i said um if if you could conceive of a god that was was all that you would ever want you know if there was a god that you would like Mm -hmm. what would that god look like and you just basically said i don't even worry about that i really don't I can't, I'm trying to... Like, you're not... If, if I made up a god, you're saying. If I made up a god... <laughs> yeah. Well, other than George Clooney. <laughs> um, if I made up a god, you see what... <laughs> I'm... Uh, what would he be like? Uh, so, in other words... He would be... He would be a person... You, you ever listen to... Oh, I know you know the, the John Lennon song, mm-hmm. Imagine. Imagine, yeah. That's, to me, what heaven should be. Mm. Is there is no religion, there is no politicians, there is... It's, it's a shared world with everybody. It's never going to mm. happen, not with human beings. But it's a wonderful dream. And so, who? well, maybe it's not so much... Who would God be? But what would 
my idea of the perfect world be? Mm-hmm. And that would be it, mm-hmm. you know. And unfortunately, I think that historically, religion has gotten in the way of that happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it always brings conflict. Mm-hmm. And it brings conflict whether it's between religions or, or whether it's between creeds and beliefs or even non-religion. Um, it's labels. It's always all these labels that people carry around. Mm-hmm. If we could just get rid of them. Mm-hmm. What if I told you I have a special deal for you, that that's what it's going to be like? Oh. <laughs> that's what it's going to be like. I, I, See, I think we're going to get there. I, we're going to get there. I, well, you're talking about heaven, aren't you? Yeah. yeah well, I'm I talking can't... about heaven on earth. Yeah. Yeah. We could go through a whole Bible study right now, but we don't need yeah. to do that yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. And you're talking about the second coming. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think there's a God who wants that exact same thing. And uh, I, I just, I can't quite get there yet, yeah. Sean. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, can't quite get there. It, it's a wonderful thought. Yeah. It's a wonderful thought. Can you imagine what a different place it would be? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just do not see, even if, let, let's take it hypothetically, let's say there is a second coming. Mm-hmm. Given the world we have today, first of all, that person would be locked up in in. Uh, an insane asylum if they had this message, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Um, Or they would be assassinated or something would happen. Um, I just think there's too much hostility in this world for anything to quell that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. for us, we live very peacefully, don't we? Mm -hmm. But there are pockets in the world that the hostilities are so strong that and what do you do with those people? Mm-hmm. If, in fact, the second coming happens, what do you do with those people mm. that are so hostile that nothing will ever mm. change them? Is it, is it the right thing to do away with them? You know, what, what happens? Mm. I read the series of books. What were they? Um, the author wrote them, and it was about the second coming. Left Behind? Yes, I read uh-huh. every one of those. Wow. Read the whole thing. God bless you. Yes, I've indeed. Never read, I've never read them. <laughs> read them all. Um, what did you think? I was fascinated with them. I thought they, they were a great story. Mm-hmm. Great story. Um, I liked the, the fact that people actually had to pick up guns to do this, <laughs> and they had... Because that's how it would be. Mm-hmm. I think that if, in fact, that's true, hypothetically, there would be a lot of violence before everybody knew peace. Mm. A lot of violence. Mm-hmm. And I think that that book, even though it was a, a great story, he hit on some truths about human beings and mm-hmm. how we would be. Mm-hmm. You know, And mm-hmm. I have to ask myself, what would I, which person I would just go right out and get a batch of guns because I'd want to protect my front door <laughs> because it would get crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of um, what I would view as wrong biblical interpretations yes. around those things. So we, we can get into that another time, yeah. Elaine. Yeah. Um, so uh, one other question before I get now to the question about church. We've talked about God a little mm-hmm. bit, but I want, so I want to ask one more question about God. So it's not that there is this ugly picture of God that you're saying, oh boy, I'm shaking my fist at that, you know, that vengeful, mean-spirited, you know, 
Nothing like that. Well, that's how some people interpret it. Mm -hmm. Religious people interpret Mm -hmm. it. They say, you know, God will come down with a wrath and all of that. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, what's the point of teaching that? Mm -hmm. If if what you're looking for is uh, something that you can turn to in difficult times, you don't want that image. You want a loving image, a caring image. Um, so no, I don't, I uh, really, I have no perception of what a God would be at all, but I do understand the perceptions that other creeds have about a God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, some of them make sense and some of them are totally ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that, I think that Christianity overall has a, has a very good concept of what God is. It's that a lot of people wearing the mask of Christianity mm-hmm. do not practice that truth. Yeah. I think it was Gandhi who was purported to have said, I like your Christ, I don't like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Yes. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So a couple of years ago, actually two years ago, when I was down here visiting, this is kind of when the conversation, I would say, started because we were, we were just kind of shifting Camille and I were in our understanding of church and we were talking about planting a church. And I had a conversation with you mm-hmm. that was, I don't want to overstate it, but it was one of the one of those aha moments for me yeah. because you indicated to me that the whole, what I would call traditional church thing, right. where you go and you sit down and you listen to some guy, you know, rant mm-hmm. for 45 minutes an hour. That's right. It puts you to sleep at mm-hmm. best yeah. and maybe bores you and maybe, I don't know, frustrates you at That's worst. Right. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. I think that it, it's what we talked about before, mm-hmm. evolution. Mm-hmm. Re- religion and churches need to evolve to today's time mm-hmm. and the way that people think today. And I think that people like to... I'm talking about social people now. They like to sit mm-hmm. down around a table. They like to have a cup of coffee. They like to discuss. Mm-hmm. They like to talk about. They like other people to respect their opinion, but by the same token, listen um, and share thoughts and feelings. And I think that kind of experience makes what you believe much richer. Just sitting there listening to somebody, I mean, every week, week after week, it becomes a chore. To me, somebody like me, it does. Now, I think there are a lot of people my age who that routine gives them security and safety. But it's it's not what I want. And I don't think, for the most part, a lot of younger people coming up want. Mm-hmm. I think they want to be more participant they want to participate in the process Mm -hmm. and they want to know that what they have to say is as important to the process as the process itself. And uh, so, yeah, I think I, it's hard for churches now because they have to accommodate those people that have always gone and are very traditional. And if you want to attract people back into the church, it's going to have to be a different format. Mm-hmm. I just don't think uh, the Sunday sermon is going to cut it mm-hmm. or Saturday sermon, <laughs> whatever, or Friday sermon. Whatever but, day. Yeah, whatever day you choose. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that uh, do both, do mm-hmm. both and mm-hmm. give people the option of both. I mean, it's double duty, but um, I think I, I just love sitting around a table with a group of people of differing opinions. Mm-hmm. And, and have a topic, pick up, and don't pick a Bible topic. <laughs> Seriously, especially if you've got new people in there, 
pick something that's happened during the week. And in today's news environment, there's always plenty going on during the week. And you start with that and you 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 gear it toward the creed, the belief you have. How does that affect what how people are thinking mm-hmm. about their you know about mm-hmm. God, about Jesus Christ, about um, a book in the Bible, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. But it can be a really interesting topic, even for an atheist like me, because I can then learn what everybody is thinking and how they're feeling about it, and maybe even get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you'd find that most atheists are very open to listening to everything mm-hmm. in that kind of environment. Yeah. So long as it's a give and take. A give and take, yeah. where they can say, mm-mm, not me, but that's okay. Do you feel that the location matters? I do. Yeah. I do. I think intimate areas, a more intimate room, not in a great big hallway or coliseum, whatever. Um, I think more intimate groups are much better. I think not necessarily on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Maybe another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe an evening. Um Maybe there. Maybe you can bring in. Um, I don't know. Some form of. Uh, maybe there's been a great movie. I, I think. What did they do? Russell Crowe did Noah or something. Mm-hmm. Not my thing. But, uh, <laughs> he did that. I yeah. mean, there might be something in there that really is way. Well, I haven't seen it, but I can guarantee you, no in Hollywood, something got misfired in there. <laughs> um, bring that in and and have a fun time with it and. You know, let everybody stop at Starbucks and get their own coffee. Mm. You don't have to provide it, (laughs) you know. Um, Mm. But intimate environments, off campus, Mm -hmm. you know, find find a place. Um, I know uh, Panera's have a wonderful back room. Mm -hmm. We see people in there all the time. Mm -hmm. And they stop, they get their their mill and they they're all in there having this great discussion what it is i don't participate i don't know but it's places like that that people feel more relaxed they don't feel like something's going to get shoved down their throat that they don't want to hear Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely you know yeah so some people listening now probably not our listeners because i think they're tracking with you but some people might say well why would why do we want to hear an atheist tell us how to do church (laughs) but i'm saying well if we want to engage in conversation we're not going to just wait for them to show up in our building right right and and just come to a what they would call a boring you know sleep inducing program right Right. i think that yeah i get i get yeah the atheist is telling you how to do church that's really (laughs) rather good but it's more that it's not so much the atheist we're probably the lost souls of the world however you have your agnostics. Mm-hmm. You have those people that mm, aren't quite sure. They're the ones that you, if you want to bring them into the church, they're the ones you've got to attract. And you can do that so much better by these these very informal groups. Mm-hmm. Um, people like me would go more out of a curiosity. Mm-hmm. Let's see what's going on now with this lot. Mm-hmm. But um, th- there are a lot of people that are borderline, not quite sure which way they want to go and there are a lot of people don't want to say they're an atheist it's hard word to say in this world um because there are those who will go you know this stuff so um you want to attract the people that haven't reached that point yet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those are the ones to go to to really go for because they're still trying to figure out 
what they want, mm-hmm. what they want out of church yeah. and out of religion. And, yeah. But I bet you would, if, if I moved down here and we started a home group, you would come regularly, right, Elaine? I actually would, because I find what you do, Sean, refreshing. Mm. I think it's very refreshing to speak to somebody who stands up there every week and does a sermon, (laughs) and yet is willing... Here's the thing. You're committed, uh, not not to your belief, you're committed to what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. You have a passion for it. You learn as much as you can about it but not just about what you know, about what other people may think, other religions may believe. You talk to multiple people. Now, I know there are people in churches, pastors and vicars and ministers, who don't step beyond their own congregation. Mm -hmm. They got it, they keep it, let's run it, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Let's do the pancake breakfast and we're okay. (laughs) Um, You're willing to become a scholar about what you're doing. So, yes, if you did something, I would be there. Oh, we because, may have to move. Oh, well, they are. <laughs> because you're well-read. Hmm. You're well-read, and you know where to go for the information. Yeah. So, Well, that's good. Um, so maybe just one other thing, a couple other things. I remember you telling me about a big church you have to drive by all the time and how annoying it is because they have this big production, maybe at Christmas time or something. Um Maybe it's maybe it's only a couple of times you've had to drive by, but just in general, the kind of the you alluded to it, the Starbucks church type of thing oh, where the metros. Yeah, I hate them. <laughs> they try to be everything to everybody, mm-hmm. and I don't believe you can do that successfully. Mm. I don't think that everybody who sits in that seat and listens to that sermon has their head in it. I think they're thinking about, oh, we're going to have this play put on next Tuesday and I can drop the kids off and I can go out and have dinner with whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's too much emphasis. It, it's, an, it's a massive church. It's a city. It's not far from here, actually. Mm-hmm. And they have the whole police department has to come out to direct traffic. Um, and I watch some of the people and think, are you in this for... God and Jesus Christ, or are you in this for what the church is offering you mm-hmm. for, for all other things? And I think there's a lot of that to it. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think they have daycare. They have uh, a care for elderly. They have um, plays they put on that are free. They have trips. They have mm-hmm. events. So a lot of people go for those things. Um, but if you're not a big church like that, then you have to go for the core of what you're about. Mm-hmm. You know what? What? What draws people to the belief in God and Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. all of that? So yeah, th- yeah, that's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And I, as far as know, any Catholics are are listening, I'm sorry, but I've done. <laughs> I've been to Catholic services. I've had Catholic friends, and I've got to say, it is the worst rote system of belief I have ever participated <laughs> in. And it's stand up, sit down. To, you know, have a stale cookie, drink a sip of whatever that is they give you, stand up, sit down. But everybody knows the routine. They all, It's like on cue every minute. The children know it, the adults know it, the old people know it. And to me, that's, that's not practicing your faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not practicing your faith. That's learning how to do something to make it look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and if you confess it every single week, Everything you've done, including, as we used to say, 
beat your wife, get drunk, kick the dog. You go and tell the priest that on Saturday night. Go to church Sunday morning. You are all forgiven, and you can start that all over again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are certain things that just drive me crazy. So... I'm appreciative of Elaine. I'm just going to say I love Catholics as well. You love Catholics. We love Catholics. You're just saying the system. The system of Catholicism is wrong. And it's almost an insult to those people that are true Catholics, Mm. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Love the Pope. Mm. Pope's a good man. Tell me about that. Why do you like him? Because he's a man of the people. Mm. He practices, even though he's in that position, he... He reaches out to people. He un. He reaches out to those that are suffering, the, mm. those that are poor. He has some compassion, and I think what's very interesting about him, he's contemporary. Mm. He has recognized that the church cannot stay in the safe place it's been. It has to expand. It has to change its opinions on so many things. Um, and where it wants to go. It's made him a lot of enemies within the church, but I think he's what the church needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he's uh, mm-hmm. he's a prime pope. Mm-hmm. 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 Interesting. I think there's a lot of uh, non-religious people, atheists, agnostics, uh, who are of the same opinion. Yeah. He's very attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. I still have a few concerns, but we can talk about those later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last question. Yes. Um, and this is, a, this is again, is, is make-believe perhaps, but what what would you perceive if you could imagine a world, and I'm not, I haven't, been trying to set you up for this question, but if sure, you could yeah, conceive, sure. I have I know, not, Elaine. I know how you work. <laughs> <laughs> if you could conceive of a world where there was a Christianity that won you over, what would that look like? Oh, I can't perceive of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I, I, I'm a wood. I told you this the other day. I sat this morning watching the breeze and the trees and the grass and the cardinals on the feeder and the sand cranes with their babies walking up the golf course. It was beautiful. It was peaceful. Mm. It was beautiful. Um, It was all connected. Uh, The stupid squirrel who gets on top of the (laughs) the screen and tries to pee on the cat. It's all part (laughs) of this continuum. Mm -hmm. And that to me is, is... what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cannot, I can't, I th- think that putting a label on something is is becoming a prisoner to it. Mm. And I like the feet, the freedom, the freedom of my, my thought process can go anywhere and I internally do not feel wrong about it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can, I can embrace some things that other people think are appalling. I don't feel wrong about it because I see the good in it. I I don't know. I just, Mm -hmm. I can't conceive of what it would be. Mm -hmm. I really can't. Yeah. You're just, you're not even, you're you're pre-contemplative as we talk about in the stages of change. You don't even, you don't even see that there's a need and yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like that. Right. Yeah. There is a need. There is a need for some people. Mm-hmm. I think there's a need in life for people to have something. But for me, there is no need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very content yeah. and yeah. I'm very happy with the world. And, well, not all of it. 
<laughs> your life. Yeah, my yeah, life, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you will remain a blissful, as we mentioned the other, a seventh-day atheist. That's right. <laughs> we, had, we had our friend Tom a few episodes ago. He calls himself a seventh-day agnostic. Elaine now is a seventh-day atheist, I there guess. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So cool. Yeah. Uh, well, Elaine, thank you. Nothing, any other thoughts before we close? I really don't, Sean. I mean, you asked me to do this made me think through a lot of things <laughs> and ask myself a lot of questions, but it didn't change mm-hmm. Yeah. What my who I am. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Well thank you for being on here and uh, I hope our listeners have gleaned a lot from it, how to be better people themselves and how to be those who are Christians to be better Christians. Like Always. which is you know, the world is a better place when there's good Christians, right? Yes. So um so thank you, Elaine, and we'll look forward to the conversation again next time we're here in Florida. We're about to leave tomorrow early, bright and early. But we've had a good time, and so we're signing out from sunny, warm Florida. Hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Podcast.